This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. friends. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here and I'm a sex addict and I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And this is our first episode in a new year, uh, the year 2020. Um, and I'm excited to be podcasting again. I actually have episodes set out and already scheduled for the entire month. So you're going to start getting more regular podcast episodes for me, from me, I should say. I mean, for me, right? I mean, I am doing them, but from me. More podcast episodes from me, which I'm really excited about. I know that um, it's been a while since I've released a new episode, um, maybe three months almost since October. And uh, it's been good, though. It's been good. It's been good for a lot of reasons, mostly because I just needed some time to really figure out where I'm going and what I'm doing and what the purpose of this whole um, worth recovery thing is and what I'm going to move forward with. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful to be back though, because I really have missed you and I've recorded lots of episodes. I just haven't been brave enough to release some of them. So you're going to hear from some of them this month and I'm excited about that and in the, to the next month as well. And to start off this new period of time and this new episode in Worth Recovery, I wanted to share a little bit about my 2020 vision, my 2020 goals, my 2020 year. Um, I have always loved New Year's. I've always loved the turnover of a new year. Uh, there's just a lot of hope in it for me. Um, and there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of um, ambition and a lot of faith. Um, I have always loved that. I, I think that for me, at least, nature and the world around us just tells me over and over and over and over again that there are new beginnings and second chances and new opportunities. Every, every day we get a new day. The sun goes down, the sun comes up, goes down, comes up, comes goes down, comes up, and we get a new opportunity every single day. And then it starts over in a week too. So maybe last Monday sucked. Well, this Monday could be better, right? And then it starts over every month and it starts over every season and it starts over every year. And for me, every decade, because we're in 2020, right? So for me, that brings a lot of reassurance and a lot of comfort and a lot of hope that here is a new year, a new opportunity, new ideas, new things set out in front of me to look at. And for the last decade, for the last 10 years, every year, every New Year's, I've done a little bit of a life plan. <laughs> and I am a planner, guys. I am just a planner. That's my that's my whole like life is planning. And uh, I do, I get pretty serious about it. People, people make fun of me. I will admit that. 
Um, and people laugh at me. I will admit that too, because like, it's not just a like, oh, these are, this is my, you know, this is my resolution for the year. It's not, I do a, like a full evaluation. Like, where am I at? Where's the gap? Where do I need to be? I've talked a little bit before in just a couple of previous episodes about minding that gap. Where is that gap in my life of where I want to be, where I am and where I want to be. I've also talked a lot about evolution, how we need to evolve. As we evolve as people, as the world around us evolves, as our friends evolve as people, as our recovery or as um, revolves, we also we need to keep up with that. We need to be evolving as well. And so every year I take this opportunity to reflect on kind of what's been happening in my life and what I want the next goal or the next year to be like and where I want to be. And so in that process, like I make a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. It's okay. You can laugh at me. Totally good with it because I love it. And then throughout the year, I add to it. Like this was my goal. And, you know, I'll add like these are some of the things I accomplished and these are some of the things that I did. So then at the end of the year, I have this whole like PowerPoint presentation of my life that I can reflect on. And I use that to reflect and propel me to into the next year of what I want to get done. Now, I want to admit that, um, like, let's just be real here because I'm all about being real. So after my mom died, in um, October of 2017, my PowerPoint for 2018 was a little bit, a little bit on the weak side, a lot on the, a lot on the weak side, a lot on the weak side. And 2019 um, was not a whole lot better. Um, I'll say that. And so, and if I look back and reflect on those two years, I also didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in 2018, nor did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in 2019. And so this year just feels really monumental to me in the fact that um, I'm picking this back up and I have got some really robust goals and ideas and things that I want to talk about and share with you. Um, But before I do that, in the reflection period of, um, of this time for me, of looking at the last couple of years and, and really deciding on what um, I wanted to do going forward, I found this really great meme that I wanted to share. It just says, my friend posted this, and it just says, a toast to the old you. If you feel inspired to use the new year to help you reset or change habits, great. And yet, I want to remind you that the old you has survived every terrible day, every hard thing, every awful circumstance, and every heartbreak you've ever felt. The old you is a fighter, and that's worth celebrating. And so, as I share with you going forward what I want to do and change, I also want to acknowledge that the old me is awesome. And the old me is a fighter and the old me has survived every terrible day. And that's true about you too. The old you is a fighter. The old you has survived all these terrible things that have happened. Every hard thing, every awful circumstance and every heartbreak you've ever felt, every relapse you've ever had, every struggle that's ever gone on, the old you has survived that. And that makes you amazing. And that makes you awesome totally awesome. And I love to sit in this place of I'm totally awesome. And the old me is a fighter. And there are still things I want to be different. 
right? There are still things I, I want to change and one doesn't cancel out the other. Just because I want things to be different or I want things to change does not mean that the old me is a terrible person or it doesn't mean that the life I'm living is a terrible life. We get caught up a lot of times in addiction, particularly, I think it's a trauma really response, but addiction addicts um, particularly get up, <clears throat> excuse me, get caught up in this black and white thinking, this either or kind of this binary world of I'm either a terrible person or I'm a wonderful person or, you know, I'm awful or I'm great. And we get caught up in that way of everything. My relationship is dead or it's beautiful. And we don't really allow both to exist at the same time. So I just want to first shout out and say, you are a fighter. You are amazing. And whatever you have endured that has brought you to this point has made you amazing. And you can still want things to change and you can still want things to move forward. I think a lot of times with women, particularly, this is inherent in how we feel about our bodies. You know, our bodies are amazing things. They're so amazing and they're so beautiful. Whatever shape, form, fit your body is, it's beautiful. The fact that it has risen to the occasion and done what you needed to do is totally amazing. And you can still want to improve that. You can still want to be stronger. You maybe want to lose some weight. You maybe want to change some things going on for you. And you can still love your body at the same time. That has been something I've really, really been focusing on the last six months or so. And it really has changed so much for me is that just beautiful appreciation of who I am as a person, of what my body is, what it has done for me, what it looks like, what it has endured, what I have done to it. And I can still look forward and recognize that, yeah, there are some things I want to change. There are some things that need to need to happen for me to live a healthy life. And I can have both. I can love what I'm at, where I'm at, and still want change and want to be different. And I think that that's just something we really need to all work on as addicts and as women, um, that we can love and appreciate who we are, where we are, what's going on, and still want better and still want more and still want things to be different. And one doesn't negate the other. That was a little bit of a sidetrack. Let's get back to what I'm thinking about. But I, I, I think it's really, really true. So I, before I share what I want for the new year, I just wanted to do that toast to my old self and to your old self, because you are amazing and beautiful and a fighter and 100% worth recovery, wherever you're at, 100% worth it. And now it's time to look forward and say, okay, so this is where I'm at. And these are all the beautiful, wonderful things that I believe about myself. And what's the next step? What can I still improve? What can I look forward to? I remember um, I come by this, you know, love of the new year very uh, honestly <laughs> in the fact that my mom, every like January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, kind of that first week of January, she would always go to the bookstore or later in the later in her years, look at Amazon and order like this massive stack of books. I mean, I, I, I love reading and I love reading because that's what was modeled for me, right? So she would come home with this big stack of books and it would be books that she would want to read throughout the year. And she really only ever, 
ever bought books once a year. And it was in January and she'd buy this big, huge stack and she'd come home. And I want to remind you of, I've, I've talked about this in a couple other episodes, but my, my mom used to always tell me, like, I remember the first time I would look at some of those books and be like, mom, why are you reading that? That is so ridiculous. Like, I, I just don't, you know, think that that's going to be worth anything. I was, uh, I was pretty prideful. And she would say to me, Amy, like truth is truth is truth is truth, no matter where you find it. And she really really brought that home to me over and over again. Truth is truth is truth is truth. She would say it that many times, no matter where you find it. And she would teach me like, this is how you find truth. This is how you look for truth. This is how you know something is true. This is how you know it will work. This is how, you know, and, and there was like research involved and there was, you know, finding uh, additional sources that back that up. There was so much involved in that. And so my mom would read all sorts of different books. And I, I, as I've inherited some of them, I have gone, I've read some of them and gone through and, and been, and she has like notes that says like, um, you know, over this one, like big section in this book, it says not backed by science. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. My mom, my mom like learned how to filter that truth. But she would come up with this big stack of books of what she wanted to get better at for the year and what she wanted to read and and she'd bring it home. And then she would read it throughout the year and she would incorporate it and integrate it into her life. And I'm incredibly grateful that that model was set for me. So grateful because it set up for me this idea that I can always be learning, right? I'm the last two years of my life, of my mom's life, not of my life, but in my mom's life, she subscribed to the great courses. It's this kind of online learning platform. And she would just take course after course after course and learn about the stars and nature. And I mean, just all sorts of things, history. And she was just constantly learning. And I'm really grateful for that model. It's something that I really appreciated about her. And it's something that I have tried to really emulate in my own life because I want to be constantly learning and I want to be improving. And I, I love that, that model set out for me. And this year, as I have kind of put together my plan and talked about what I wanted to do and talk to some of the people I know about it, I, I've gotten more pushback this year than any other year. I think that I've been doing this like serious pushback. Um, and not necessarily about the specific goals that I have, but just in general, this idea of why are you trying? Why are you trying to make something different? Why are you trying to change? Why are you trying to improve? Or just this real defeatist attitude about resolutions and no one ever changes and no one ever really does things. Um, it's been really discouraging. It's been really difficult to to look at that and really think like, is that how people live? That they have this lack of hope. Are we so defeated in our society? Which I can understand that. Are we so defeated as a society that we don't believe in change? That we don't believe in improvement? That I can't look at myself and say, yeah, I'm going to get better at these things and I'm going to change these things and I'm going to make this amount of money and I'm going to improve my job and I'm I, like, I my my plan's pretty comprehensive. So I'm going to do these different things. And as I've shared that, I've really gotten a lot of pushback. You know, resolutions are bogus or we shouldn't be doing that or those types of things. So I just want to say 
to all of you. If resolutions are something that you struggle with, okay, that's fine. I don't care when you make them. I don't care if you make them in January. I don't care if you make them in July. I don't care if, or any time in between. Whatever day you decide that you want to change, whatever day you decide you want to improve your life, whatever day you decide that where I'm at is awesome, but I see that there's a next step for me to take is the right day for you. And if that's January 1st or January 7th or July 13th or October 12th or whatever day that is for you, awesome. I don't care. The whole goal, the whole plan for resolutions, the whole purpose of doing this is to move your life forward. Whenever you decide to take that step is the right day. I think about often about my sobriety date. My sobriety date is December 2nd. Um, that wasn't January. That wasn't a resolution. I know a lot of people that have January 1st as their sobriety date because it was the day that they decided. It was the day, right? For me, it was December 2nd. And that's the date that I decided I was done. And I was going to take, do whatever it took to move to that next step. I had been trying to do it for over 18 months um, since I entered recovery. I'd been trying to find that motivation and that desire and that learn enough skills to be able to live a sober life. And it took me some time to figure that out. But for me, December 2nd was that day. I didn't wait till January. I could have waited till January and said, oh, January 1st is going to be my day and binged for the next month. But no. So whatever day it is that works for you is the right day. For me, this is just an annual thing that I've done for ages, for a decade. And I love it. And so I wanted to share with you some of my new thoughts and ideas for the 2020 version of myself, for the new evolution of myself. Last fall, I did a women's retreat with some women in my area, and we talked a lot about this idea that uh, recovery, the opposite of addiction, the opposite of addiction is connection. There's a great TED talk out there where um, the author, and I'll look that up because I can't remember it right now, but where the author talks about this idea that the opposite of addiction is connection. It's not recovery, it's connection. And I th we talked a lot about that idea and the concept of what are we trying to connect with, right? What are we trying to figure out? So it was Johan Hari. Um, he's a British journalist. So Johan Hari, he talked about a TED Talk. Everything you know about addiction is wrong is the name of the talk. And he talks about the concept that the opposite of addiction is connection. We brainstormed this huge list. What are you trying to connect to? What is it that you're trying to connect to? Because I, I firmly believe that addiction is a disease of isolation. If you want to look at the addiction model through the disease model, um, then it's, it's the, it's the, it's a, it's definitely about isolation. Um, acting out is about isolation. Addiction is is an isolating thing. We isolate ourselves. Um, we isolate ourselves from those that we love. We isolate ourselves from society. We isolate ourselves from um, people in general. We isolate within ourselves. We build up walls, all sorts of things. We try to hide our behavior. We live in secrecy. There's this big isolation piece that goes along with addiction. And then 
when we come into recovery, we learn things like you're only as sick as your secrets. And so we try to talk about the things that have been going on. And we talk about um, them with our sponsors and with people in groups or with our therapists or, you know, just our friends or our family, wherever we find support within that network, we start to talk about the things that have gone on for us. And sometimes that's about revealing abuse. Sometimes that's about talking about the trauma that we experienced. Sometimes that's just outlining our behaviors and the things that we did in our addiction. Sometimes that's about, you know, getting reflection and feedback from other people. And we talk about this addictive life that we lived and we talk about it and we come out of that isolation. Those that learn to stay sober are those that really learn to connect in some way to other people, whether that's... <coughs> Whether that's the phone call in the middle of the night that says, I need help, um, or whatever time of day that is. But we learn to come out of isolation and we learn to connect with other people. And in that process, I have noticed for myself and most of the women that I interact with and men that I interact with within addiction circles and recovery circles, that there's a new type of of isolation that we develop sometimes within the recovery. Um, and I don't know that I would say it's called isolation. Maybe that's not the right word. Maybe just closed, closed off is the right word. We become kind of closed off for a variety of reasons. We, we have gone through experiencing a lot of pain and heartache in our lives for a lot of reasons. And we know that that is one of the main reasons or one of the main driving forces behind our acting out was this immense amount of pain or trauma or fear, these large emotions that we had. And so rather than learn to experience them or embrace them, we close off from those large emotions. We close off. Um, we might, that might look like for you, you quit dating. You quit putting yourself in places where you have to be vulnerable. So maybe you close off from your family. Maybe you close off from friends. Maybe you close off from dating. Maybe you have closed off from opportunities as well because you say to yourself, well, if I'm going to live a sober life, I have to really control my environment, which is awesome. You do need to do that. And but maybe we take it a little bit too far, a little bit to an extreme. And so we close off our environment. So we close ourselves off to media opportunities or um, we close ourselves off to job opportunities. We close ourselves off from different opportunities around us, afraid of what those opportunities might bring that maybe we can't handle it. Maybe we don't trust ourselves. Um, maybe we close ourselves off from opportunities for growth or improvement because, again, it requires a new layer of emotional discomfort or it requires us to examine where we're at and make changes or improvements. And sometimes we get into, caught into this idea of like where I'm at is good enough or it should be good enough, right? Where I'm at is good enough. And, you know, or we start saying like, well, I'm sober and that's, that's what matters is I'm hundred percent sober. And if I change my life, maybe I won't be. 
And so we start to kind of close off and we start to kind of shrink um, maybe the opportunities in the world around us. Maybe that looks for you in terms of like sacrificing your dreams. Maybe you have some dreams or some ideas or some things you've always wanted to do with your life. And now you're saying, I can't do that because I'm an addict or I can't do that because of my past or people will judge me. Um, I can't do that because it might introduce some quote triggers into my life and I won't be able to handle those. And so we start kind of shrinking and closing off from things. Um, I had an experience recently, a friend, well, a friend told me about an experience where she was with a group of of friends and they were going to play a game. And one of her friends kind of knows about her life and her addiction. And so she turns to her and says, eh, we we really shouldn't play that game. It's going to be too triggering for her. And like makes the decision for her. Like you can't play this game. It's going to be too triggering for you. And so we, do you see how like that, we kind of start to shrink our lives. And so she just went along with it because, okay, you know better than me, maybe, right? Or, you know, you know my, you know my life, you know my addiction, you know my things. And so I'll let you make that decision for me. So it's important that we start to examine what's going on. And it's for me, I know in my own personal life, I feel that way. Um, I feel like I... This, this really came up for me about 18 months ago where I started to recognize that I, yeah, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from addiction. I'm free from acting out. That's not a major part of my life anymore. I don't have to worry day to day about whether I'm going to stay sober or not. Like I did for those first few years, even of like, it was a daily battle. That's not a daily battle for me anymore. And yet that mindset has stuck with me and I have closed off um, a lot of my self from the world. I've closed off a lot of my dreams. I've postponed or sacrificed a lot of different things because I have this idea in my head of, well, I'm an addict and I don't want to put that out there for people to look at. And I don't want to expose that part of myself maybe, or I'm afraid that the big emotions that would come up if I do expose myself, um, would, would be too much for me and I would be acting out again. Um, or I'd look for an escape again or whatever the situation is. And so I have found myself in my world kind of shrinking and shrinking and shrinking the last 18 months. Part of that was my fault. I recognize that. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that this is anything external. This has all been internal for me. And so going into 2020, I wanted to think about how am I going to change that? How am I going to challenge that mindset? How am I going to challenge that piece of my life that I've closed off because I'm afraid or because mostly because I'm afraid, <laughs> How am I going to challenge that? How am I going to move to that next step? Because while I love so much of my life right now, I really do, I do feel like there is more that needs to be done, particularly for women in addiction. There is more that needs to be done, more that needs to happen. So last year um, in May, I went to a, I went to um, a conference. It was for ITAP, the ITAP Symposium. ITAP is the International Institute of Trauma and Addiction Professionals. 
they're the organization that offers the CSAT credential um, or the CSAT certification, which is the uh, certified sex addiction therapist credential. And I was there and I listened to some amazing people and I have an episode that I'm going to release in a few weeks that talks about my experience there and and kind of one of the major pieces that fell into place for me this last year. Oh, okay. I'm crying. Sorry. Just got to get that together for a second so I can talk because I can't talk and cry at the same time. Like there's a lot of things I can do at the same time. Those are not one of them. Um, so I, I went and I, I listened to all these speakers and I, I just had this really, really great experience there, which I'm excited to share with you, uh, later this month. But one of the things that was, you know, a huge resolution for me at that event and being there and talking was, I want to be part of the solution. There is a massive problem for women in this world, a massive problem, um, for women accessing resources, for competent resources, uh, for women just trying to move on with a life, um, in it from addiction, particularly, but also just from trauma in general. And as I was there, I witnessed some experiences that were just really hard for me to look at, um, from men and women and how they interact. Anyway, point being, I want to be part of the solution. So I started school last July to become a therapist and I'm super excited about it. So excited about it. And as I move forward with that, um, I just have a variety of things that I am going to do to be part of the solution. But the big part of this whole thing is in order to be part of the solution, in order to move my life to the next level of where I want to be, I picked a word to represent my year, uh, 2020. And the word that I picked to represent my year is open. It's time for me to open my life. And I know that's the right year because I have such an emotional response, right word, because I have such an emotional response to it every time I talk about it. Every time I talk about it, I just get so scared. (laughs) There's a big fear piece that comes up. But I also get so excited about all of the opportunities out there in the world that I want to open my life up to. And I recognize that in order to do that, there has to be some changes on my part. Um, There are some areas in my life where I need better boundaries. There are some areas in my life where I need to... Um, resolve some conflict and some issues going on with different relationships so that I can live a more open life. Um, There are just a lot of things that I need to figure out personally, a lot of changes that need to happen. And I'm so excited about all of those changes because I'm so excited about the different opportunities um, that I'm... uh, Because I'm so excited about the different opportunities that are going to come this year as I work through some of these, some of these challenges and some of these struggles. So I've chosen four areas to be open in my life. Um, I want to be open in spirit. I want to be open in heart. I want to be open in mind and I want to be open in body. So kind of these four areas that I'm going to focus on. 
And I've made some goals in each of those areas for my year. And I have a big PowerPoint presentation. Hang on, I forgot I had this music going. I have, I have this, so these are the four areas that I want to be opened in my life. And I have a big PowerPoint presentation, I do. I also have an accountability partner and every Saturday, the first Saturday of every month, we're going to get together and um, I'm going to buy them dinner (laughs) and we're going to go over kind of the goals that I'm making. Um, And this is a person that I don't see very often. Um, I'm excited for this kind of opportunity to be able to see them a little bit more often. I picked this person particularly because I think that they provide valuable feedback to me, but also because I don't see them every day because I don't want someone to be reminding me every day or, or watching my every move. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't like I, eh, who has time for that. I don't. So I picked someone who I really trust, someone who I really feel like can provide valuable feedback to me and someone that I am excited to share this journey with this year. And so I just wanted to share that with you this year. I wanted to share with you my new word, um, open for the year. And, and I'm open for the new opportunities and the new uh, developments and the new relationships and the new changes that are coming for me in in my year of openness. And I want to, I hope that today something has triggered your mind and activated your mind to think about what is that next step with me, for me, not with me. What is that next step for me? And whenever you decide to take that next step is the right time. And if it's today, awesome. If it's next week, great. If it's next month, awesome as well. Whatever day it is that you decide to take that next step is the right day. And whatever day it is that you decide that you're ready to move to the next level, that's the right day. And I'm I'm excited for you, whatever that looks like. So a toast to the old you, a toast to you that's the survivor, the you that has changed, or the you that has fought, the you that has lived and survived and is the warrior. Toast to you. You're awesome. You're great. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're worth recovery. 100% worth that. And I hope that in 2020, I saw this again on Facebook this morning. I hope that in 2020, you become fluent in self-love. I hope that this time next year, you know your worth like it's your mother tongue. That's really all I want for all of you is that you become fluent in self-love, that you start to love that person that is you and the warrior and the survivor and the fighter that has survived all of this trauma and gone through all of this and is here today and ready to accept that and love that and move forward. Because I know for me, that I could not be moving forward in this direction without the experiences that I have had, both good and bad, both traumatic and joyful, all of that. Without those experiences, I could not be here. I could not be sharing the way that I'm sharing. I could not be doing the things that I'm doing. And that is because of the experiences that I have had. And I'm grateful for that in my life. I'm grateful because I love who I am. Totally. That doesn't mean I'm I'm not ready for improvement. That doesn't mean that there are some things about me that I want to change, but I can still love myself where I'm at and be ready to take that next step forward. 
into openness, which is where I'm going this year. So I hope that you find this helpful today. I want you to know, I really truly believe that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what's going on, no matter how far you think you're fallen, no matter how much you might actually say that you hate yourself today, no matter how much trauma you've experienced or maybe you've even caused, that you are 100% worth recovery. 100%. I know that. Totally know that. And if you don't, you can trust me until you get there. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. I'm so excited to experience this year of openness with you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.